Welcome to the Free Yourself and Body Prison podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer O'Neill. This is a safe space for us to talk about all things body image, weight loss, binge emotional eating, exercise, and finding the balanced middle ground between diet culture and anti-diet culture. I am so excited for you to be here. Let's get started with today's show. Hello everyone. I can't believe it. I am here recording my very first podcast. I've been putting this off for so long and I don't even know why because I know that it's I have valuable information to share and it's something that hopefully people will want to listen to. Um, just sharing my journey around healing negative body image, overcoming binge emotional eating, dealing with having PCOS which stands for polycystic ovarian syndrome. It's a hormonal condition that affects, um, I know it used to be one in 10 women. I'm not sure what the statistics are now, but it messes with hormones and weight and insulin and all kinds of things. Um, And finding my path in terms of learning to find a love for exercise and to not punish myself anymore with food. Of course, I will include, you know, tips and ideas and things that I hope will resonate with people to help them on their journeys because I don't want to make it just about me. But for this first episode, I am going to share a little bit about my history, especially for people who don't know me, who may not be familiar with me. So basically, I started my first diet, I want to say when I was around six years old. And I know that sounds horrifying. Um, but basically I think I was just like a normal child. Right. And all of a sudden I gained a bunch of weight and my mom was concerned and took me to the doctor. And I feel like I blocked a lot out from when I was a child, but I have these vague memories of having to be on a diet and taking these pills. I don't even know what they were or what, yeah, what that, all that was about. Right. But I do remember that I was a little bit bigger than the kids or the, especially girls, right. Around my age, I knew that I was different and that I didn't fit in. And I use that very loosely. Um, but you know, I mean, a lot has changed since I was six years old. That was like in the eighties. I'm 38 years old now. Um, but I just feel like, especially if you are overweight or you are bigger, right? Society looks at you differently than people who are quote unquote normal sized. And like I was saying, a lot has shifted, especially with the whole body positive movement, which I will get into probably in another episode because there are things that I agree with on that movement and things that I disagree with. Um, but I do like that now there is more awareness in terms of having representation of different body types and that has helped me on my journey to accept and accepting myself and knowing that I'm just built bigger and I'm naturally curvier. Um, so at that age, I don't really know if it was necessarily waking or if it was just like my body, like something, I don't know if like PCOS starts that early, but maybe it was right. Cause like hormones, like I got my period when I was 12 years old in sixth grade. And I felt like even then that I was, it was just like something you didn't talk about, right? Like how does a little girl who's 12 years old, like even begin to talk about like with other girls, like it's like, these are things that like aren't normalized in our society. Um, and like, you're still a child when you get something like that. So anyways, going back to the first diet, 
I knew that I was overweight. I knew that I needed to quote unquote lose weight, right? And my mom did everything in her power to help me. And I feel like that's probably when my binge eating tendency started. So I'm half Chilean. And I remember one time we were in Chile and I was starving. Like I felt like my hunger was out of control. And my mom got me these French fries, which who knows like what phase I was in, in terms of the dieting then. Right. And I remember eating, I think it was, it was a huge plate. I remember eating them all and still not feeling satisfied. And looking back now, I can see like, well, yeah, that was a whole bunch of carbs. Not that carbs are bad or anything like that, but that's a lot of starch, right? And I've had to learn how to eat for having PCOS and having insulin resistance and learning how to eat healthy. But I think a big problem is that we aren't taught as children, like how to eat and like what is healthy versus unhealthy. And I'm not saying that, you know, there's good and bad food. So it's like a whole other topic again that I can get into. But there are foods that are more nutrient dense than others, right? And the majority of our diets, and again, I use that word very loosely. I feel like there's all these caveats now because like everything triggers everybody. And it's just like, if you say the word diet, it's like, oh my God, can you say you're on a diet? When I say the word diet, I'm talking about the way that you choose to eat, like how you are choosing to eat. Um, I don't follow a specific diet. Well, I, I'm going to start experimenting. I take that back. I'm going to start experimenting with going gluten and dairy free, not because it's like, oh my gosh, like, let me go to this extreme so that I can lose a bunch of weight. And then what happens is that you gain it back. Like, I've been there, done that. I've, like I said, I've started dieting when I was six years old, um, but more from a sense to help with my PCOS because I have been managing the symptoms naturally, but I feel like it's gotten a little bit out of control lately because I was on the birth control pill and then I got off and like I'm about to go back on it and all these things right and like the hormones don't know how to adjust and I've been reading up about going gluten and dairy free for PCOS and I'd heard it before but I was just kind of like I don't like to be too restrictive because I've been in that mindset as well when you know that you can't have something and it drives you even crazier for so for me it's super helpful to remember that it's it's a lifestyle change and it's okay to embrace a lifestyle change. And, you know, I've seen stuff online that says like, oh, they're, they're just marketing, marketing you a diet and calling it, calling it a lifestyle change. But when you genuinely are pursuing a lifestyle change, you know that it's something that you can do for the rest of your life or as close as possible, right? So I know that I will not be 100% gluten and dairy free. I know that there will be times where like, maybe I want this cupcake or maybe... You know, I want to put some creamer in my coffee. Like, I love creamer in my coffee. I actually think milk is, like, so disgusting. I cannot drink a glass of milk. But I'm putting creamer in my coffee is, like, the best thing ever. But anyways, um, so I totally just went off on a tangent. But this is just, like, this is how I flow. This is how I, like, I like to talk like this. So if you're with me, like, thank you for listening. I really appreciate it. And so, yeah, so I don't follow a specific diet. I'm going to play around with going gluten and dairy-free. Um, but yeah, it's just like learning to eat what is best for you. Right. And like, it ultimately comes down to, I think we like obsess over trying this diet and that diet. And like, maybe this will make me skinnier. Maybe this will make me feel better. And it like the dieting industry makes billions off people thinking that they need to go on a diet when all you have to do is learn how to eat like healthy. Right. And learn like fruits and vegetables, how important they are as part of our plate, like protein. And it's, I mean, if you're vegan or vegetarian, that's totally fine, but finding adequate sources of protein, 
carbs, like carbs are not bad. There's carbs in fruit and there's carbs in vegetables and there's carbs like, you know, in the typical types of carbs that people eat. But it's like learning to veer away from eating food that isn't the best for us, right? And I'm not saying like don't eat like Doritos and Oreos if you are craving it. But at the same time, if we make that the majority of our diet and we're constantly eating junk food, like that's not going to make us feel very good. So anyways, going back to my childhood, I just, I didn't know how to eat, right? And like I, through my entire journey, I have had to teach myself how can I best eat for myself, for my body type. And it's been trial and error. And even with the PCOS, like I will be honest, the last few weeks, my cravings have been out of control because I went off the pill and I just, I was eating everything in sight and I was like, what is going on? Like I thought I'd overcome my binge and emotional eating. And listen, this is the thing is you will see people saying like, I never, like people especially who have struggled with food say like, I never struggle anymore. Like I'm 100% healed from my food issues. Like I never think about food that way anymore. And I can say from personal experience, like there's always gonna be like a tiny bit of struggle, right? Cause it's it's been an addiction and it's overcoming 30 plus years of food addiction or using food in an addictive way where it doesn't serve me and my highest good. So to say, for me to say like, oh, well, like I never fall into states where like I might eat less healthy or like less optimally than I know is best for me, like that would be me lying to you. So I put that out there for people because I feel like sometimes there's this pressure to be perfect and to try to make it seem like, oh my gosh, like I never struggle with food ever. And I just like eat whatever I want, whenever I want. And I just feel good. And it's just like, well, is that really true? Or are there moments when you struggle? And when you have moments that you struggle, like how do you come back? Because even in these last few weeks where I kind of had like these, these moments where it's just like craving sugar and all these things, I was like, whoa. And I know now it's because of the PCOS, but you get into this self-sabotaging cycle, at least for me where it's like you start to eat all these things and then you feel like you're gaining a little bit of weight and you're not feeling your best, but then the mind goes to this self-destructive place. Like I've never ever been one of those people who's like, oh my gosh, let me go exercise for five hours and not eat food all day. Like, first of all, if I didn't eat food all day, I would pass the fuck out. Like, I don't know how people even do that. And I'm not saying that it's okay to do that, not at all. But I'm just saying like my blood sugar drops so low that I feel sick to my stomach. And I'm just like, um, no, like I need to eat and I need to eat right now. So anyways, I know for me personally, I think that's you're not even supposed to say I and personally in the sense, same sentence together, but whatever. I'm just being me right now um, that when I do that, I tend to go into more of a self-destructive pattern and just just be like, oh, well, I already gained weight. Like, who cares? I'm not even going to try. Like, it's too hard. Why should I even bother? And then you just like keep eating all the things. And I feel like even that's something that doesn't really get spoken about. So that's that's something I want to bring to light because I can't understand this whole binge restrict cycle. Like, I just... I've never been in that position, so I can't speak from that mindset or, you know, and I've been in the place where it's just like, oh, well, like, why should I even exercise? Like, it's, it's not even, it's nothing's even going to happen. Like, why even try? So it's like the opposite end of the spectrum where you fall into like this other negative self-sabotaging cycle of, um, punishment, but in the opposite direction where you just like, don't feel good in your body and you continue to punish yourself with food to the point where like, you just really don't feel good. Um, so anyways, going back to growing up overweight I just didn't know right and then I would go to PE class it's so ironic because now like I do work out pretty consistently 
Um, I love to go to spin classes and I don't want to say that I love to lift weights in the sense of like going to a gym because I don't know how those machines work, but I do notice when I lift, like especially if I do like an at-home program where I'm lifting, I do tend to feel better and gaining muscle is amazing. Cardio, I won't, like I'll say like it doesn't really do anything for me. And in that sense, like yes, physiologically is that the right word? Like I'm sure it's great for my heart and all that, like my lungs and all of those things. But if we're talking about weight loss, not that we should exercise just to lose weight, right? I do it to move my body and to feel good, but it's also okay to want to see results and to want to see your body change. Cardio does nothing for me in that sense. So um, anyways, so I would just like not exercise. I used to hate PE class, like hate it. And when we'd have to run the mile or anything like that, I was just like, how much longer does this have to go? And I was always the last person in gym class picked for the group teams. You remember like, you know, you'd be in those teams where you'd play kickball or whatever. And I just like fucking, sorry for the language, but I just hated it so much because I knew I would get picked last. And I knew that, you know, I wasn't seen as somebody who was sporty or whatever. So that's why it's so ironic if someone from my grade school were to look at my Instagram now, they'd be like, whoa, like this girl is like total opposite. If they even remember, like, but I remember. So anyways, I was like the epitome of like the fat little overweight girl. I'm lucky I was never really made fun of, which is awful in and of itself that children, children can be so cruel sometimes. And, but that they laugh at other people, even adults, they, they laugh and make fun of people who are bigger. And like, you don't know what that person is going through. And a lot of the time food issues relate back to things that have nothing to do with the food itself. Like, yes, I do believe that certain foods can be addictive or they can have an addictive quality. And that's, again, a whole other topic I can get into because I've seen stuff online that says like, you can't be addicted to food, it's not possible. Well, like, no, you're not gonna go and eat 20 bags of salad, but if you're gonna start eating Doritos and Oreos and like my whole thing is cookie butter, like I can eat a jar of cookie butter in less than a week, then yeah, I feel like certain foods can be addictive or maybe like the food, it's it's, it's like a, a mix because I think sometimes it's like I choose to be addicted to the cookie butter, if that makes sense. Like I go and seek it out. So I try not to buy a ton of it. And I think it's okay to, to stay away from certain trigger foods, which goes against what everybody says about binge and emotional eating. And they say like, you just need to give yourself permission to eat the thing and then you won't want it anymore. And yes, I agree to an extent. Like there are certain foods or not, I won't say certain foods. There are, I do believe in giving yourself permission to have things, right? Because I remember when I was in the throes of my dieting, I would think that that food was off limits or be like, you know, like, oh my God, I'm starting a diet on Monday. That means I have to eat all of the bad things right now because I can never, ever, ever eat that thing ever again because I'm going on this diet, right? And like, that's the mentality that you get into. You get into this all or nothing mentality where you're just like, I have to eat all of the things all the time or not all the time, but like before I start my diet on Monday, right? And then like the diet starts Monday and you're like, oh my God, I can't eat that cupcake or I can't have that cookie or I can't drink that milkshake or whatever it may be. And you just, it drives you crazy because you think that you can't have that thing. So I do agree in the sense that like that can trigger food issues even more because you want the food even more because you think it's off limits. But when you give yourself permission to have it, when you're like, oh, well, I'm not dieting, I'm choosing to eat healthy. I know that I can have that cupcake or that cookie or what have you whenever I want that does make a difference. I completely agree with that. But I also think, and I've had conversations with people where they're like, well, yeah, I can't keep like a bag of chips around because 
I'll literally eat the whole thing. And like, I give myself permission to have chips, but like for whatever reason, I can't seem to stop. Right. And I do believe that there are certain things where it's just like, it's like addictive and you're just like, oh my God, I can't stop. Like get this away from me. And like, like I was saying earlier, we don't do that with apples or with salads or with like oranges or, you know, things that are natural to, for us to eat, like healthy foods, like we're not going to binge on them. So Clearly, I've been through like all the diets. I've never done Weight Watchers or Jenny Craig or anything like that, but I've done Atkins, which I don't even know how I attempted to do Atkins because I don't even re- eat red meat. Like, I think red meat is disgusting. Um, I'll eat like chicken and fish and things like that. But on all these diets, I barely lasted. And then there's like the South Beach diet. Um, I remember looking at SlimFast when I was a little kid. I don't think I ever tried SlimFast, but it's there are all these different diets or different approaches. It's like, okay, well maybe this thing will work and maybe this thing will finally get me the body that I want because when I have the body that I want, then I'll be happy. And that's ultimately what it comes down to. It's like we're seeking this external validation from having to look a certain way or feeling that we should look a certain way. And honestly, I was shocked when I found out that I always thought that because I was a little bit overweight that I was the only one that struggled. Not the only one, but like anybody who's overweight, right, wants to be skinny. Or not everyone. That's a lie. Okay. I take that back. Not everyone who's overweight wants to be skinny. But it's this idea that we have that like, like at least for me, that I was a little bit overweight. So I wanted to be skinny and I thought it would make me happy. And I would see girls who are thin and I'm like, oh, well, they've got it made because they're thin. And it wasn't until I started to dive deeper into this world that I realized like, oh, even thin women go through body image issues. Like I just assumed that because they were thin, they already had it made and they didn't have to worry. And then, I mean, obviously there's eating disorders like anorexia and bulimia where people have body dysmorphia and I've been through body dysmorphia as well where you, you don't see that like what your body actually looks like and in your mind it looks like something different. So anyways, for me it was. It was chasing happiness. It was also being frustrated going to try on clothes in the fitting room and being bigger. And like looking back, I actually weigh more now than I did back then. But because I had stomach rolls and because I had big thighs and because I have an hourglass figure, I thought that I was like this huge person. And even looking at photos from when I was younger, I'm like, why did I think I was overweight? Because I had stomach rolls, like really? And so in terms of that and like the awareness that's coming up now, um, like on social media and like around body image and like even like with models that look more like, you know, more like me, it's, I'm realizing like, well, yeah, like I have these stomach rolls and like, I'm not chasing this ideal to be skinny and you know I thought I, I, I had to get rid of my stomach rolls before I could ever wear a bikini and then a few years ago I was like forget this like I'm gonna wear a bikini and like and the other thing is, is like now they make bikinis for women my size you know plus size but back when I was younger like that didn't exist right it's like you thought you had to have a flat stomach in order to look a certain way um so yeah, so I've worked through all this stuff, but it's definitely been a journey. And at my highest weight, I did weigh 220 pounds and that wasn't healthy for me. And so another thing that I want to bring to light is there's a lot of talk around like, you know, if you want to lose weight, then that's being fat phobic. And I'm like, well, not necessarily because sometimes you're not at your healthiest weight. You can be at your unhealthiest weight on the higher end of the spectrum and also on the lower end of the spectrum. Like you can be really thin and that not be healthy and you can be overweight and that's not healthy for you. 
I, I want to say that I'm more in the middle now. Like I do feel like there's like a little extra weight that I am carrying around due to my PCOS. And I'm not, like I said, I'm not going gluten and dairy free to, I'm doing it to feel better. And if I lose weight in the process, then like, so be it because I know where my body feels most comfortable. And I know that right now I'm not there. It doesn't mean that I hate myself. It doesn't mean that I'm trying to be skinnier in order to, you know, again, have validation. Like I have learned how to work through my body image issues to the point where I'm just like, I have stomach rolls, I have cellulite, I have stretch marks. And I'm just like, okay, like who cares? So like, I can't identify with the whole, you know, these women that are posing like half naked and showing their rolls and just, and I'm, for me, that doesn't do anything. And it might do something for you and that's totally fine. But I come at things more from a body neutrality perspective versus body positivity. Um, And again, I can get into that in a whole other episode. But so I've been through all the things, right? I was 220 pounds when I was in my early 20s when I was in college. And I lost the weight by going to the gym and learning to eat healthy. And learning to eat healthy for me at that time meant going to Subway and buying like the six inch sandwiches or I might about I like I think I may have been buying the footlongs and like cutting them into and eating lean cuisines which are disgusting I would not touch a lean cuisine to save my life right now but back then I didn't know any better and that's what I needed in order to get me through on my journey so even things now where people are like criticizing other people for like oh well that's a diet you shouldn't be doing that like sometimes you need to go through that process because to tell somebody like well you need to jump from eating unhealthily to eating super healthy like it's not possible overnight it's a journey and like I said I still have moments where I'm just like oh look I want to go to Chick-fil-a like and again there's nothing wrong with getting Chick-fil-a or anything like that as long as you're not doing it over and over and over again, because it's not healthy in any form, no matter what your body size looks like. So yeah, so basically um, I did what I, I had to do, right? And another thing that a lot of people don't talk about is maintaining your weight and knowing how to maintain your weight. And thankfully I've never gone back up to 220. And I say that because like, there's nothing wrong with you if you do weigh that amount. I'm not saying that you're defined by a number in the scale. What I'm saying is, that was not comfortable for me and I didn't feel good at that size whatsoever. And so maintaining weight is another thing that doesn't get talked about because it's it's all become this all or nothing thing where it's like, oh, well, you just need to accept yourself as you are and like love yourself as you are. And yes, that's fine. But if you want to make a change and become healthier and you lose weight in the process, then that is totally okay as well. And that's my stance and what I firmly believe in. And so... I think, um, where am I going with this? I just like totally lost my train of thought, being honest. Um, yeah, so like thankfully I never did go back up to that weight and maintaining weight and like learning how to eat healthy and navigating that journey. And especially if you have a health condition like I have, where it's like I was reading like you have to cut all these things out. And I was like, whoa, like that is just too much for me to do right now, right? And even now, like I've probably known for a while that it's probably better if I don't eat gluten or dairy, but there's resistance around that. And thankfully, like I'm aware of it, but there's resistance because it's like, whoa, I don't want to like never have a cupcake again. But it's like I was saying earlier, you can't have the all or nothing mentality. It's like, I have to remind myself like, okay, well, if I want a cupcake, I can choose to have it. And the chances are that like, I probably won't feel very good after having it. But if I'm enjoying it in the moment, then, you know, it's totally fine. And another part of my process is teaching people how to navigate, you know, I used to go out and eat things like that, like a cupcake when I was pissed off or emotional and like I just 
like didn't know how to navigate with my feelings and I would just be like fuck this like why should I even try like I'm just gonna go and eat all these things and that wasn't healthy either it's like mentally that is not healthy so now I'm 38 so like I've navigated all these you know different diets and ways to eat and learning to find out what works for me and what doesn't work for me and I still don't have it perfected like I don't know if we will ever have it perfected but in between I did enroll in nutrition school um I went to the Institute for Integrative Nutrition and I remember I don't know if it was right before that or I think it was right before that I was working with a nutritionist and she did have me try going gluten-free and vegan. So I was gluten-free and vegan for an entire year. And I actually like was quote unquote perfect around that. And I remember I developed orthorexia. So I had struggled with binge eating, right? Because I would just like eat all the things or eat things in secret as a result of doing diets. But also, like I said earlier, I never went into to the restrict yourself phase. It was more like, let me just eat all of these things and just feel worse about myself. And, you know, any attempts at exercise would be short lived because I would I would do exercises to lose weight. I wasn't doing it to feel good. And then here's the other thing that we're taught, right? It's like I would get on the scale and I would be I know I just went off on a tangent, but I'm going to come back Um I would think that, you know, weight loss had to occur overnight because that's what we're taught. Is it like, oh, well, if you go on this diet, then you're going to lose all this weight and you're going to be so happy and things will be magical and it's like, you know, perfect and all that, which isn't true. But I would be good, quote unquote, right? And I would, it would probably last for like a day or two at most, maybe a week if I don't, I don't remember. Like I said, I feel like I blocked a lot of it out, but I would do that and then I would step on the scale and either the scale had gone up or it stayed the same. And I was like, fuck this. Why am I even trying? Like, this is ridiculous. Like, I'm being so good. I might as well just eat everything in sight. And so I would fall back into like that negative cycle of not taking care of myself. And what I didn't know back then and what I know now is, you know, weight loss takes time. The The scale will fluctuate. I don't think the scale is the be all end all, but I also had to learn to heal my relationship with the scale in order to get to where I am today. I'm not saying that you have to, if, especially if like the scale triggers you, but this is what I will say. The scale is just a piece of metal. When we get on it, we make that number mean something about us, but it doesn't really, it doesn't, it's just telling us like a piece of information, right? And we've made that number mean something about our self-worth and like how good enough we are. And like, again, well, I'm being so good. Like, why is the scale number not moving? And there's so many factors that go into that number on the scale that we aren't taught. So anyways, I would get on the scale, get pissed off, go into this negative cycle and not even try. So I don't, I think I was in grad school. And then I, this girl that I met in grad school told me about this nutritionist and I contacted her because in between all of my dieting and all that, I don't really talk about this a lot, but I deal with chronic daily headache and I I think I technically have fibromyalgia. I kind of gave up on doctors a long time ago because I went to them for my PCOS and for, you know, my excess weight and I was just told us to eat less, right? Eat less. And like I had a nurse tell me that I needed to zip my lips and that's why I was overweight. Um, and like here, take metformin, which is a... Um, a medicine that helps control insulin for PCOS and here get on the birth control pill and like buy see you later, right? And so, and another factor of PCOS is irregular periods, which thankfully have like normalized all of that now or like regulated it. 
But I kind of just stopped going to doctors because I lost faith in them. And so I had this chronic pain. And I, like I said, I've never really been technically diagnosed with fibromyalgia. I mean, I did go to a neurologist and the neurologist didn't believe that I had a headache all the time because he's like, how do you sleep? And I'm like, dude, what do you think? I'm not going to sleep at all. Like, I have to sleep. I just have learned to deal with this pain. And a lot of it, I think, is from stress. And I just have like a lot of my muscle, like muscle soreness and tightness and So anyways, I went to this nutritionist because I was like, well, maybe if I cut out certain foods, it'll help me make me feel better because that's what I had heard and that's what I'd read about. And unfortunately, it didn't help me. And I I did stick with it. Like I was really good about sticking with it. And I'm not saying that from like a place where I was like morally judging myself. It was more like I was mindful of being strictly gluten free and vegan. Um, And it, it didn't make my pain go away. And after a year, I decided I was, I realized that I was craving chicken. So I would say this is probably around the time that I started to become more in tune with my body. I'll, but then like during the time that I was gluten-free and vegan, I became orthorexic. So when you're orthorexic, you obsess over everything that you eat. And like, I would not eat anything if it was out of a package or had like, I mean, I agree with like not eating anything that has ingredients you can't pronounce but like if I want a Reese's peanut butter cup I'm gonna eat it right like back then I would not have done that and I would have been like oh my god like that is so gross like how could you eat that and I was like being very judgy and I would walk around the grocery store and be like oh like look at my grocery cart it's so clean and look at all what are all these other people eating they're just eating junk and it's just like whoa like looking back on it it was just like and I just thought I was better than everybody because of the way that I was eating, which is so ridiculous. And I was vegan for the wrong reasons because I was like, oh, I'm being vegan. Like, look, I'm like saving the animals. But I wasn't I wasn't doing it from a place of being genuine, which is so ironic because I think that I'm one of the most genuine people I know. And I hope you're getting that feeling from listening to this. But anyways, um, so yeah. And I think right after that, I enrolled in nutrition school because I became fascinated by you know, like how food could affect people and like, why wasn't this working for me? And in between I was getting my teaching degree and I realized that I didn't really like teaching at all. And I, I found the Institute for Integrative Nutrition and I enrolled in health coaching school. And it was around this time that I was kind of over being gluten-free and vegan. And I remember really wanting chicken and I was like, okay, I'm going to go order a salad at Sweetgreen and see how I feel after I order a salad with chicken and I ate the chicken and I was like, oh, I've been missing in this. Like, this is like, I really genuinely want this. And I did have phases earlier when I was younger where like chicken did kind of gross me out. And even now, like it's still like, I have to make it in the air fryer. I can't make it on the stove because I'm just kind of like, Ugh. like, I don't like to think too much about what I'm eating, but I do like, I do enjoy eating it. So, and I do tend to gravitate towards seafood. But yeah, and so that's when I enrolled at the Institute for Integrative Nutrition and became a certified health coach is when I slowly began to realize like, oh, like, okay, the, like I can start to eat like what I, for what I feel is good for me. Um, and I will say like, there probably were times where I was like, oh my gosh, like it still has to be like really clean and like I shouldn't eat like again, like a Reese's peanut butter cup or anything like that. And over the years, like my journey has evolved to the point where, and like, I mean, I see health coaches and I like, I love the health coaching community or like where I went to school, but 
But I think sometimes there is some pressure on being like super perfect and super clean and like how like God forbid you eat something like, you know, processed chocolate, like, oh my God. And now I'm just like, you know what, if you want it, have it. Like it's not the end of the world. And so my journey has evolved through all of that. Um, and, but I remember my, my body image was still really poor and I lost a bunch of weight and I found some pictures of myself not that long ago and I was looking at them and I'm like, oh my gosh, like, why did I think I was so big? Like I, I like, I got involved with Beachbody at that time and I love Beachbody as a company, like, and I get that people might find the name triggering, but like, I love them as a company. But I remember the coach that found me through Beachbody, like I, I think I thought I still had to lose weight because I had stomach rolls and she's like, oh, well, I'll help you pick out a program or whatever. And like looking back now, I wish even then that it's like, and it's before all this, you know, body acceptance movement started. It's like, I, as a coach would never tell somebody, oh, like you need to lose weight because of the way that you look. If the client wanted to lose weight, then I would work with them on that. But at the same time, it's like, the approach from the coach from Beachbody was more like, oh, well, like, let's get you this program so that you can become like the smallest person possible. And I hadn't dealt with my body image issues. Like, so I hope this is making sense. And I'm not saying that you have to like have dealt with all your body image issues before you lose weight or decide to make a change to become healthier. What I'm saying is I was already fine the way that I was. So I don't know why I thought that I had to change. And I, I think partially it is because I had the stomach rolls and I thought like, okay, well, stomach rolls are bad. And if I do this, then like I'll have a flat stomach. And it's just not the way that I'm built. And I've come to accept that like I will probably always have stomach rolls no matter what I do. And that's okay. And like even when I weighed, I think the, the I was going to say the lightest or yeah, like the least I've ever weighed that's the word I was looking for, is 145 pounds, which for me, I think is too small. Like on somebody else, like it might, you know, work for them. I think like right now I'm like hovering, I want to say like in the 190s, maybe close to 200. And like I was saying earlier, that's not my perfect quote unquote weight. I think my happy weight is around like 180, 185. But anyways, um, so yeah, so that's been my journey. And now I'm navigating it from a different mental headspace and that's what my goal is to help other women to find their healthiest version of themselves and if that involves weight loss so be it and I think there's a lot of backlash against diet culture and if you don't know what diet culture is it's basically like what I was saying earlier this idea that you have to be smaller and the smaller is better and like drink cabbage soup and you'll be skinny or do this diet and you'll be skinny and drink this detox tea and drink these shakes and you'll you know you'll lose all this weight and instead of teaching people how just how to eat healthy and how to live like their healthiest life and so there's been a lot of backlash against diet culture, which I understand, but I feel like it's sometimes gone to this other extreme where it's like, well, don't ever exercise at all and just like eat whatever you want and whatever quantities you want. And like, God forbid somebody says they want to lose weight because that's bad and that's diet culture. And that's not necessarily the case either. Like there is a happy middle ground that can be found. And that's why I'm so passionate about this and wanting to help women in this realm. So I think with that, I'm going to leave this podcast. Um, and I hope that if you're listening to this, it's resonated with you. I would love to hear from you. I would love to, you know, if you want to leave a comment on Apple and iTunes in terms of what I've shared with you. Or on Instagram. On Instagram, I'm at Luminous Wellness with Jennifer. 
Um, but this podcast name and my overall brand, I'm going with free yourself from body prison because it is about freeing yourself from this prison, like where we've made ourselves prisoners of our bodies and how can we free ourselves and find freedom and joy and movement in, in terms of how we eat and peace around everything. So I hope that you've enjoyed this episode and I will talk to you guys soon. If you've enjoyed today's podcast episode, we would love for you to leave a review on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you may be listening to this podcast. You can reach out to me at Luminous Wellness with Jennifer on Instagram. I also have a website. I don't use it as much, but you are more than welcome to check out my website. And you can also message me. Um, I know Apple likes to see reviews and the more reviews that people leave the more people are likely to see the podcast so if you feel inclined and you want to leave a review or you want to leave a comment I would love for you to do that and I will talk to you guys soon